This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to SIBMP, a show where we explore the random thoughts that pop up at inconvenient times. I'm your host, Andy. Hello. It's and I'm Mita. Smoke weed every day. Hey. hey. Andy. We did it. We did it, we my did friend. It. We're here. The last episode, I'm sure all the listeners are like, please talk about something other than religion. <laughs> it's been five episodes. It's been a long, it's been a long time coming. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're we're at the last part of our religious series. Religion series is what I'm trying to there say. There you go. Um, and it's not least we we might talk about other religions in the future if people like it. We can do a little dipping of towage into other. It would it would be fascinating to like do like the like really young religions like right. Wiccan, right? Just other yeah other smaller ones. Well, there's a chapter in the book about Yoruba, which is an okay. African religion, and I was like, eh, we should give her a little. The differences respect. between voodoo and hoodoo. Technically, the same voodoo is not the word. Sudan. We'll get into mm-hmm. it one day, mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> For now, we're talking about Islam. Yes. That's our last one, y'all. We're here. We are here. But before we get to Islam, I want to play Andy's a game player. Sure am. Hope that recorded. Anyway, would you rather? Uh, you're going first, right? Suck it to me, suck it oh, to wait. me, suck it to me. You're going first because I go first. In I've gone story. first for the five past episodes. Right, okay. So, so I asked the question first. I always get yeah. it backwards. I don't know why. You're fine. All right, Andrew. Proceed. Would you rather? No. All right. <laughs> Where's my question? <laughs> Problem Absolutely solved. Absolutely not. Would you rather all electrical devices mysteriously stop working? Okay. Possibly forever. Mm, Potentially okay. forever. Okay. Or... Or the governments of the world are only run by people going through puberty. Governments of the world. No. That would be so much fun. No, it wouldn't. (laughs) You are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. (laughs) You are absolutely wrong. You want to keep electronics and then have the U.S. government run by a 15-year-old. Yeah, because then I can watch it unfurl on my phone. That affects you, bro. You're the unfurling. You're dead. You're dead. We're all gonna die eventually, right? But we don't want to die at the hand of 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 hormone filled. No. Really destroyed my my hopes no. and aspirations for this world. So, so you just throw it away and give it to the kids. I'm just over it. And it's not like it's okay. Here's the gag. It says run the world are only run by people going through puberty. So we're talking about like teenage individuals mm-hmm. whose brains are overrun with hormones. Their, their legs and their arms are all gangly. Cause I haven't grown into them. Nobody's thinking of a single rational thought. And we're also talking about governments of the world. This isn't exactly like the, the kids who are in AP bio and AP English. We're talking about like, well, no, the potheads and the burnouts no. and the sad ones. No, because I imagine that all that would really shift would be the age difference of the politicians. Of Granted, Congress. yes, yeah. we're still going to have elections. Where people are, still are going, we? Absolutely. You put a 15 year old in power and say we're going to have democratic elections, and they've only known the word democracy for a good six years. And this American, in my in my world, I'm the sorry. way the way that you phrased this question, nothing has changed except for the fact that they are. Pre-pubescent. No, they're pubescent. They're pubescent. They are in children. the throes of puberty. And it's like, yeah. So only a ele- No, I almost got racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you stopped 
yourself. Don't get canceled. <laughs> Don't do it to yourself. I'm not going down with you. I'm not on that train. I'm safe. <laughs> Only elect the nerds who are like excelling in accounting, excelling in math, whoever like those AP aren't the English people credits. when you're in puberty those aren't the people with power it's the jocks who are run yeah, by their but, testicles running but running you still wild. gotta prove your worth if you want how to be. the children are in power who's making them prove there it? are Me? some times where children are smarter than adults. well yeah because you have homegirl with the climate change from yeah. switzerland but she's not going to be and then also think about this we're thinking of okay american students because like i think there will be okay japan they're gonna be great Right, those are some of the smartest kids. Honestly, like as far as like just comprehension, they're the, the new world. Power. Honestly, like if we switch to pubescent kids, America would immediately fall from grace because we're the dumbest country on the planet. Which, Every time we do standardized testing, we are worse at English than non-English speaking countries. That's how bad our our education system yeah. is. So America, specifically, absolutely fucking not. Also, remember that like ninety nine percent of all of our mass shooters are pubescent boys. Oh, yeah. That's what I always think of. Okay, so then you ban the boys. You can't do bring that though. The girls in. Ugh, teenage girls, mean girls running the country. This is what we want. Oh my God, Regina George is president. Absolutely. What are we talking about? We have to wear pink on Wednesdays. Honestly, sign me up. Honestly, <laughs> okay. I got my icy park. So, so you would, you would, you would give up technology in a heartbeat what are you talking about <laughs> throw this computer away throw that monitor away throw the phone away throw the towers away throw it all away you know what we have to do start growing corn that's what we got to start doing <laughs> and being outside in the sun out of all the nutritious vegetables why corn because it can fatten up the cows so that we have the hamburgers okay. corn remember okay. is not for human consumption it's True. for fattening up the other animals True. we shouldn't be eating it <laughs> fair now if it was a good organic maize you know what I'm saying? That's like nutritiously viable. Ah, I'll fuck up some maize, but I'm not eating American corn. No. N- no I mean, it's delicious, I mean, but it's, it's, so it's good. for fattening you up, uh, quite literally. <laughs> a little oh. elote? Sign me up. Mm. Some but it ole- will fat you up. Olaith sweet corn. Mm. Olaith? Olaith. I see, I've heard Olaitha, Olaithy, Olaith. We don't know. Don't nobody give a damn. Once again, we're horrible at the English language. <laughs> I, I think last year, 2019, I think I think we were ranked like 53rd in English. Man, it makes sense. Bruh, we're so dumb. We you are. cannot have pubescent children running this country. Although it kind of feels like pubescent children are running. This I mean, country, so I mean, honestly, you're right. You're fine. Your your choice is your choice. But are you right? I don't know. All right, I'll let the people decide. Me to the duh. That's me. Duh. Would you rather have someone secretly give you LSD on a random day? Yes. On a sorry, on a random day and time, Mm -hmm. once every six months. Yep. Or have everyone in the world all take LSD at the same time, once every five years? No, just me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Only me. Thank you so much. First of all, she's got an addictive personality. (laughs) She's already done an acid trip. Loved it. Loved every second of it. I'm yelling at the universe. I'm like opening up my chakras. I was getting loose. I watched the plants dance. It was great. Um, ate a lot of cheese. Ate a lot of cheese. Got scared to go outside. The world is too big when you're high on acid. <laughs> but for the world to do it once every five years, you said? Yeah. It could be beneficial. I am a true believer that the world needs to dip dip a toe into hallucinogens. Once you like kill your ego, just a touch. You don't wanna you don't wanna blow your brain out with too much hallucinogens you can you can get too far and you'll never come back those are called deadheads don't do it to yourself where you're like seeing slender man in every right corner. like you're lo- like you're you're constantly tripping you know mm-hmm. you don't want to go that far but yeah, like yeah, yeah. once every five years you dip a toe you have one little on your tongue i uh, maybe but for me 
dosed randomly on like a Tuesday in August. Absolutely sign me up. I'm on the train. I'm going to work. All of a sudden, shit's dancing. And I'm like, I've been here before. I know this dance. And then I'm I've, going to work. I've been here before. <laughs> I've done this. I'm prepared. I'm just walking loosely in the world. Yeah, sign me up for being dosed. Now, don't, don't dose me. <laughs> if you're listening, please don't. I would like to consent. Because I'm also type A. When I did my acid trip, I was like taking PTO, putting the dog in daycare, cleaning the house, like doing my laundry. I needed to make sure my towels were fluffy and clean because I was like, I know I'm going to take a shower. I knew what was going to happen. The water felt nice. I have to plan my trip. Yeah. Right. So don't just like, don't do it. But in this question, it would. Yeah, I would take it. <laughs> I would take Absolutely. Random. Every six months, just a little tippity tap into the world of colors and movement. Absolutely. 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 I'll jig on over there. Yeah. Just like, just like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how to say no to that. <laughs> sure. But I do believe, honestly. Also, you're like free drugs. Free drugs. Somebody's just giving me whatever LSD stands for. I can't remember what it was. Me neither. Oh, have you ever seen? Okay. We'll get into Islam. Yeah, these were um, really interesting questions to kick off a, like, our, the last of our religious series here. And like. For it to be Islam, which is very much a religion that is like very highly disciplined, mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to just we're shimmying from LSD to Islam. Like it's a jump. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'll just start off with the origins of Islam. All right. So Islam is the second largest religion in the world after Christianity, with approximately 1.8 billion, billion with a B, Muslims worldwide. Of course, sometimes shit go down. A billion dollars on an the elevator. <laughs> there are three people in that elevator. We know one of them is lucky to have an M. So true. true. <laughs> Talk about it. Although, uh, so although its roots go back further, scholars do date the creation of Islam to the seventh century. Okay. Yeah. Which officially makes it the youngest major religion in the world. Right. Okay. Major religion. Big one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Islam actually started in Mecca, which is modern-day Saudi Arabia, during the time of the Prophet Muhammad's life. Now, the Prophet Muhammad <laughs> was born in Mecca in 570 AD, and Muslims believe that he was the final prophet sent by God to reveal their faith to mankind. Right. So... According to Islamic texts and tradition, the angel named Gabriel visited Muhammad in 610 AD while he was meditating in a cave. Gabriel ordered Muhammad to recite the words of Allah. Right. Muslims believe that Muhammad continued to receive revelations from Allah throughout the rest of his life. Right. Right. Which, I mean, textbook prophet. Right, yeah, like, like, you're 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 getting the direct word of God via an angel to you, which, and the only thing he told him to do was recite. Yeah, he just said speak, and then yeah. he ended up doing it for like 22 years straight. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Um, and then one interesting thing about Muhammad that separates him from other religious leaders or prophets mm -hmm. is that he was married. Um, oh, and so, well, there's the belief that Jesus was married to Ma Mary Magdalene, which. Ooh, controversial yet brave. <laughs> he, he, controversial Catholic opinions over here. <laughs> controversial yet so brave, he married the hooker. True. I loved her, too. He did. They were close. Um, <laughs> they were close. They were close. That's all I got. Um, so 
one part, so like I've been talking about for the past, I don't know, 47 episodes, what, mm-hmm. what episode are we on? Um, the only reference guide that I have for this series mm-hmm. is my book, God is Not One, The Eight Rival Religions That Run the World and Why Their Differences Matter by Stephen Prothero. Yes. And he mentions in the sub-chapter, <laughs> let me tell y'all, <laughs> the Islam chapter in this book was thick. Thick, 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 like, thick. Thick, 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 thick. Triple it's the C thick. Thickest. Yeah. Thick, thick chapter, right? And so one section in the, in the sub chapter of the chapter about Muhammad, he talks about a book that came out, uh, I don't know, recently, sometime, and it's called The 100. Okay. Um, a ranking of the most influential persons in history. Okay. And in this book, Muhammad mm-hmm. ranks, you want to guess? You can give me like a top 50, top five. 33. 33. Good number. Jesus mm-hmm. number, if you will. Mm-hmm. No, he's actually ranked number one. I was so wait, he wrote this book? Muhammad? Yeah. No. No, oh, okay. this is no, this is a ranking of the most influential like, persons in history. Got it. This is like a person ranking the got most it. influential people throughout history. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, with 1.8 billion followers of the religion that you created, I mean, seems pretty influential if you ask me. But the weird part is, and this is where I'm gonna blame <clears throat> you for I'm gonna say you're a bad Catholic. Okay. Because why wouldn't Jesus be one? It's true. Or Paul. Yeah. Right. There's a bunch of B- Buddha. There's a bunch That's of them. Right. True, actually. Why would Muhammad be ranked one? So the interesting part, he says that. Oh, so in the ranking, Jesus is second mm-hmm. and Paul is number six. Mm-hmm. And he says the reason the reason why they're like Muhammad is ranked number one is because Jesus was a great religious leader, um, but he left the creation and the evangelizing the gospel of Christianity. Mm-hmm. He left that to Paul. So he kind of separated he left his, that to his disciples. Right. He left it to his disciples. So technically, Muhammad actually did the work of both Jesus and Paul. Mm-hmm. He did everything. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, Muhammad was a great political leader. Okay. Also an incredible military leader because okay. he did lead military crusades, like not going to say crusades, but type of crusades, mm-hmm. right? Um, and was able to achieve a cr- a incredible things as far as being a prophet while also having nine wives. And what people, people rank him number one because Jesus was never married based on history that we know, right? Mm-hmm. And the Buddha technically abandoned his family. When I he mean, when he yeah. left, so that's that's the reason that Muhammad is actually ranked number one in terms of he the maintained most his everything. spiritual side and his he was married he yeah. was a military leader he was Earthly a political side, leader he spread his he 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 recited the word of God direct mm-hmm. to the people right um, which will go into the Quran it was not written down it was just all recitation yeah and he did he did all of it while having nine wives, his his kids, a family, like being a man and also being a prophet. Yeah. He combined it all. So Absolutely. in world history, they rank him number one, which makes sense. He was kind of doing a little bit of everything. It's true. Yeah. Very true. All right. So <clears throat> starting about uh, 613, Muhammad began preaching throughout Mecca, the messages that he, he was receiving. And he taught that there was no other God but Allah right. and that Muslims should devote their lives to this God. In right. 622, Muhammad traveled from Mecca to Medina with his supporters. This journey became known as the Hijra, mm-hmm. and that actually marks the beginning of the Islamic calendar. So that's the first month? Is mm-hmm. that, okay, yeah. Because it's the lunar calendar, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't say the I can't pronounce any of those days. I'm gonna yeah. try, y'all. I'm gonna do my best. But yeah. I'm I'm not I don't speak Arabic. <laughs> I'm true. just telling y'all right now. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> Some seven years later, Muhammad and his many followers returned to Mecca and conquered the region. Right. He continued to preach until his death in 632. 
And yes, that's what led to the divisions within yep. Islam. Yep, the was caliphate his, system. Was his death. Yeah, the caliphate system. Yep, so after Muhammad's passing, Islam began to spread rapidly. I mean, they were everywhere. Talk about wildfire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like... A series of leaders known as caliphs became successors to Muhammad. This system of leadership, which was run by a Muslim ruler, became known as the caliphate. Right. The first caliph was Abu Bakr, yep. uh, Muhammad's father-in-law and close friend. Abu died about two years after he was elected and was succeeded in 634 by Caliph Umar, mm-hmm. another fa- father-in-law of Muhammad. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he had so many wives, right? Right. Nine. Nine yeah. in my count, yeah. So when Umar was assassinated six years after being named caliph, Uthman, Muhammad's son-in-law, took the role. Okay. So so this is the Sunni tradition yes. of Islam. Yeah. So just to get into that. So we've all heard Sunni. We've all heard Shia, especially in America. Because yep. America's got a really twisted history with Islam. Um, so it was after Muhammad's passing, like you said, um, some people believe that his father-in-law, Abu Bakr, would be the new leader. So yep. that's Sunniism. So Sunni followers, Sunni followers invest social and political authority in a series of caliphs yeah. while leaving big religious authority to the community as a whole. Yeah. So that's that's one way you can um, describe the Sunni aspect yeah. of and, Islam. And just to like chime in really quick is that the caliph system actually survived yeah. um, for centuries mm-hmm. uh, before there was really any like major upheaval or people were not down with it (laughs) you know like not down um because there were during the reign of the first four caliphs arab muslims conquered large regions in the middle east including syria palestine iran iraq uh islam also spread throughout areas in europe africa and asia at that point yeah it spread very quickly very (laughs) well spread very well um (laughs) The caliphate system actually was so successful that it eventually evolved into the Ottoman Empire. Right. Which controlled large regions in the Middle East from about 1517 until 1917 when World War I ended the Ottoman region. And reign, get in sorry. Ottoman reign. And get into the Ottoman Empire uh, miniseries on Netflix. Yes. It is so well done. These people are, first of all, capital A acting. Yes. And secondly, <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. Absolutely. It's all about the war part of it, though. It's not like history it's just about the war of the ottomans yeah yeah so as you mentioned when muhammad died there was a lot of debate over who should replace him as the leader right that led to the schism in islam the, yeah and then as you mentioned our two major sects that emerged from that were the sunnis and the shia right and so with the shia which i guess the full term is actually shiat ali okay right? shiat ali which means the partisans of ali okay um these were another group of people after Muhammad's passing who believed that the next leader of Islam should have Muhammad's bloodline. Okay. So uh, with Sunni. Very, uh, um, what's, what's the word? word? Matriarchy. It, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's like. Patriarchy, matriarchy. Like what uh, they do with uh, the. Monarchy. That's the word. That's the word. When they do it with the <laughs> like, kings and queens and what? stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Matriarch is not the right that's word. The, I mean, it's still technically patriarchy because <laughs> it is men. Yeah. Um. So with Shia or Shiat Ali, um, they wanted to share Muhammad's bloodline, so they wanted his son-in-law, and his son-in-law's okay. name was Ali. Shia believed that everything should come from the imam, who must be of Muhammad's bloodline, like I said. Mm-hmm. They lead the entire Shia community, the okay. imam does, and the imam is both sinless and infallible. Okay. Which 
red flag for me personally. But if that's what you believe, then you go right on ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> so Sunnis make up nearly 90 percent of Muslims worldwide. OK, so that was the first one. The people who went uh, after his father in law, Abu Bakr. Yeah. Okay. They accept that the first four caliphs were the true successors to Muhammad. Right. Uh, Shia Muslims believe that only the caliph. Oh, we already meant. Sorry. You're right. I'm repeating myself. That's good. Today, Shia Muslims have a considerable presence in Iran, Iraq, and Syria. Okay. So, apart from the Sunni and the Shias. Which are like the big two, kind yeah. of? Okay. Those are the, yeah, the major ones. We have a few smaller Muslim denominations within the Sunni and Shia groups. And these are the Wahhabi. Mm-hmm. This Sunni sect made up of members of the Tamim tribe in Saudi Arabia was founded in the 18th century. Oh, okay. Uh, followers observe an extremely strict interpretation of Islam that was taught by Muhammad bin mm-hmm. Abdal Wab. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Spot on, man. Great. Uh, and then there's the Alawite. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this Shia form of Islam is prevalent in Syria. Followers oh, okay. hold similar beliefs about the Caliph uh, Ali, but also observe some Christian and Zoroastrian holidays. Don't know what that means, but all right, man. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and then there's the Nation of Islam. Right. This mostly is African-American. In America. Yeah. And it's a Sunni sect that was founded in the 1930s in Detroit, Michigan. Yep. Yeah. I know Nation <laughs> of Islam very well. <laughs> and then there's the uh, Karijites. Yep. You are right. This sect broke from the Shia after disagreeing over how to select a new leader. They are known for radical fundamentalism and today are called uh, Ibadis. Okay. Ibadis? Yep. Ibadis. You are correct. Yep. <laughs> Moving on to the five Moving. pillars of Islam. Right. Let's get into that. So, uh, yeah, let's get into the five pillars. So, the why five- are there always so many like. There's like the Ten Commandments. You got to have rules. Like- <laughs> it's like a thing that like everybody's kind of discovering as you do more research, whether it be yeah. religion or history or whatever. People like rules. People like yeah. having limitations. People like being told what can't to do. Can't be too broad. Can't no. be too narrow. Got to be. Just right. Yeah. Right Goldilocks. Yeah. yeah you got bitch. the Goldilocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So the five pillars of Islam are the core practices yes. of Islam. Metaphorically laid out in an architectural <clears throat> Kind of, if you picture it architecturally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with a building with four corners, mm-hmm. and then you have like a support pillar in the middle. So those okay. are your five, right? Yeah. If you picture them visually. So the central pillar, the support, is called the, I'm going to say Shahada. Yes. Shahada. Um, and that means, quote, I testify that there is no God but God, and Muhammad is the messenger of God. Yeah. So we're declaring, we're declaring that there's one faith in God and the belief in Muhammad. Right. And that he is the true the prophet. messenger. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to take it into Christianity, essentially it is put no other God before me. I am the yeah. one true God. Yeah, yeah. Um, the four other pillars represent different aspects of Islam. So you have Salat, which is prayer. Praying. Five times a day. We're going to get into that one. Dawn, noon, <laughs> afternoon, sunset, and evening. Yeah, let's get... Okay, yeah, we'll do them. Actually, that's a good way. We'll break them down one at a time. So, oh, man, we got to... Islam is thickety-thick. All right. <laughs> I got to roll up my sleeves, you guys. It's getting serious. All right. So what... Okay, we're taking it back because we're talking about the prayer, right? Yeah. Prayer is five times a day. Yes. Why do you have to pray five times a day? Seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. 
It really does. Because you you have to, it's not like people, it's not like I'm just going to sit at my desk and like say a quick little prayer. It's like praying. It's a, it's a, you are prostrating yourself, yes. yourself through the prayer. Right. Yes. So let's talk about, um, in terms of the book, how I've referenced in other topics that we talked about, uh, the way that he titles Islam mm-hmm. is it's the way of submission. Okay. All right. So another way that the professor, uh, Prothero talks about in the book is that like m- all religions try to identify what the problem is that they're trying to solve and then how to solve it. Okay. Right. So in Islam, the problem is pride. Okay. Just good old simple pride. Also a big sin and Catholicism, right? Yes. Um, but the solution is submission. That's why it's the way of submission. Okay. So ugh, this is, this is where it gets into it. You guys, Islam, the word Islam yes. means surrender. Oh, it means submission or surrender. Now it is related to the word salam. It comes from salam and salam means peace. That's where you hear assalamu alaikum or okay. salam alaikum. Right. Um, but the actual it's the is part of Islam okay. that makes it surrender. So, quote, Islam is the path of submission and Muslims are the submitters who seek peace in this life or the next by surrendering themselves to the one true God. That's mm-hmm. what Islam kind of means, all encompassing. And the only to way make that a dom sub, joke. I know it's hard not to, right? You keep saying submission. submission. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the S in BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, how you submit is actually through prayer. That's one of them. It's through okay. the salat. So through this, what we're going to call the second pillar that we're talking about, right? Yeah. Let's talk about what I'm going to call prayer choreography. So (laughs) that's the only word I can think of. So you have the Adhan, which is the invitation to prayer, and it rings out globally five times a day. All of us have heard it at some point. If you live anywhere that has a mosque or if you've ever been on any any type of um, uh, Muslim television or Muslim uh, website, Mm -hmm. they'll actually now, modern times, they will uh, ring out prayer digitally. You'll get it on your phone. You'll get a reminder on your TV. I don't, you know, I've never heard it in Denver. I have. Have you? Yeah, if you go by some of the mosques, you'll hear it. It's mm. not. It doesn't ring as loud as it does in the Middle well, East. Well, because I've seen like the videos of it where it's like literally in the Middle East and like it's like echoing through the yeah, streets. Yeah, it comes out through the loudspeakers. You just speakers. see like a crowd of people going. Time to go. But uh, yeah, I've never heard it in you never America. Heard it personally. Yeah, oh, okay. I have a couple of times. I feel like I heard it once in D.C. Um, anyway, so you have five times a day. Your prayer is done aloud or out loud, I should say, okay. at dawn, sunset, and at night. Mm-hmm. It is silent at noon and in the afternoon. And the way that I break that down in my head is essentially it's out loud when you're at home. Typically, you're at home in the morning, dawn. Yeah. Typically, you're home by sunset if you're lucky. And yeah. then at night, getting ready for bed, you're at home. And then it's done silently when you're out in public, which is basically at noon, lunchtime. So you're at work. Yeah. Um, and then in the afternoon, maybe you're driving from home, driving from work or something like that. So that's when it's and done. Is it, is it the same? Pr- like, are they reciting the same prayer every day? Let's get into it. In modern times. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. For the observant. So people mm-hmm. who are actually observant of the salat, of mm-hmm. the call to prayer. Um, oh, man, you got to stop everything you're no, doing no yeah absolutely. you gotta stop cooking if you're cooking a meal you gotta take it off the burner you know yeah. what i'm saying if you're driving you gotta pull over the car you yeah. gotta stop what you're doing uh you wash yourself quote wash yourself of life's impurities you face mecca you bow your head and then out loud you say prayer has arrived twice and then you promise to pray quote for the sake of allah and allah alone so okay. you can start off your prayer uh with those sayings you, everybody okay. starts it off kind of the same way um, this is where I'm going to get into the chore- what I'm going to call the choreography. I know that's not the right word, but that's my English word for it. So you're standing, you're bowing, you prostrate, which is when you put your hands, knees, um, 
forehead and nose on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can sit upright when you're like sitting on your heels, which is a, okay. which is a very submissive position, mm -hmm. whether you're in kink or in Islam, that's yeah. the primary submission. Um, your hands move from behind your ears to your tor torso. You then bow forward at the waist, hands on knees with your back flat. Then you stand up again. Okay. Then you prostrate with your knees, hands, forehead, and nose on the ground. And then you rise to the sitting position and rock back and forth between sitting and prostrating as your prayer continues. Huh. Fun fact. Okay. While Muslims can pray for their own reasons, mm -hmm. um, it is most common for the five daily prayers to be repeated in Arabic, the same as they have been for centuries, starting with Allahu Akbar, meaning God is great. Okay. So it you can you can get in there and be like, Take, take care of grandpa. He's not feeling well. But typically, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, but typically either the beginning or the phraseology is always the same mm -hmm. in Arabic. That's your salat. Interesting. That's your salat choreo. So Third pillar. Zakat. Zakat, which means charity. Yes, to give, yeah, giving to those in need. Giving to those in need. Now, how does it differ from Christianity? This is where it gets fun. In Christianity, you got to tithe 10% to the church. Mm -hmm. In Islam, your charity is based on your assets and it goes to the poor. Okay. So you're just you're not giving it to uh organization. You're yeah. giving it to those who actually need it. So yeah. that's one way that it kind of differs. That's kind of nice. Uh fourth one. Uh mm -hmm. Psalm. Psalm. That's what I'm gonna say too. Psalm, which means fasting. Ter uh Ooh. typically done during Ramadan. Yeah. I'm bad at that. Fasting? Yeah. Oh, I love it for religious. Well, I mean, I, actually, I shouldn't say I'm bad at that. I actually do fast. Unintentionally? I do, I do, yeah. Yeah. You're not fasting, you're starving yourself. <laughs> There's a big difference. Yeah. Americans would be like, I fast every day. And then they're like, I do intermittent fasting. That's not what this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is fasting where you are freeing yourself from the burden of having to think about food yeah. so that you can focus your intentions on God and 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 in my opinion, mindfulness, basically. Because yeah. once you remove food from the situation, your whole day opens up. True. Honestly, when you don't have to think about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The only True. thing you're thinking about is when you break that fast. But when you when you take that out of the equation and yeah. you're and you're doing it for religious purposes, it can it is actually a very beautiful freeing thing. I really do enjoy it. And then the final one is Hajj, Hajj. which is your pilgrimage, um, and it occurs in the last ten days of the twelfth lunar month, also known as Du. Okay, y'all, I'm gonna say this wrong. Du Al Hajj, mm -hmm. Du Al Hajj. Um, it is only open to Muslim people, so you got to be Muslim to do the Hajj. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get into a fun fact about mosques. Can I can I share this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all mosques have a marker inside them that are called a mirab. Okay. And the mirab is what points you to Mecca. Interesting. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. If you always have to, no matter where you are globally, you always have to point to Mecca. Now, when they say make a pilgrimage, are we talking like, yeah, to Mecca? Like, well, like, are can I just get on a plane? Yeah. And go. I think from what I remember reading, not only in this book, but in other articles, it's uh, the Hajj is for people who have the means to do it. Okay. Obviously, if you are a poor Muslim or somebody who does not have the means to hop on a United flight, yeah. um, then you might never make your Hajj. But if you have the means and you are devout, then you are you, you have yeah. to make your Hajj. Okay. That's part of your that's okay. part of your journey. No, no, I was just wondering because there are some like in other religions, it's like they'll do like a pilgrimage, but it's like you have to walk there on foot or oh, like yeah. you actually have to like serve penance and like yeah. suffer through it. Right. Like yeah. you actually have to get there 
by no like modern like the same way your prophet did because i I don't know if we talked about it in the buddhism episode but i know that buddhist devout buddhists will do that too where they Mm -hmm. follow the actual walking path of buddha as he made it Mm -hmm. around indian stuff um i don't get the impression that's how it is in islam it's kind of like if you got it then you can go and if you don't got it you don't have to like stress about it because it is expensive oh absolutely obviously um so so all mosques on the planet Mm -hmm. have a marab that points to mecca in mecca each marab points to the kaaba shrine okay that's the we've all seen that beautiful shrine it's got the black um Mm -hmm. they say it's made of meteorite so it's got the black stone Mm -hmm. um that is the most sacred place in islam okay so you have mecca for prayer and then when you get to mecca you gotta go to the shrine them's Mm -hmm. the rules um and it is thought that the shrine is made of a meteor it was built by adam and then rebuilt by Abraham and okay. his son originally after polytheist desecrated the shrine and then they okay. rebuilt it for Islam. So those are five pillars. Nice. Yeah. So lastly, oh, I guess I have two. Oh, we already went through prayer. So never mind. <laughs> um, I'll kind of just dip a toe into Sharia law before we wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, do that one. And then I got, mm, what do I have? Allah? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I want to talk about Allah. Let's okay. 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 So... Sharia law is Islam's legal system. Yes. This faith-based code of conduct directs Muslims on how they should live in nearly every Every single aspect aspect of everything. (laughs) This is where it's also related. You know how people say Mm Judeo-Christian? Technically, the terminology is Judeo-Christian-Islamic because they all technically have the same yeah heavy rules we talked about in judaism similar in muslim you got you got some rules you got to follow y'all there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot (laughs) so sharia law requires men and women to dress modestly yep it also outlines marriage guidelines and other moral principles for muslims um if crimes are committed sharia law is known for its harsh punishments for example the punishment for theft is amputating a person's hand right right um, adultery can carry the penalty of death by stoning. Mm-hmm. However, many Muslims do not support the most extreme measures. Right. Yeah. We're we're removed from. We are modern. All people have modernized. Like, yeah. You can't just go stoning people. Yeah. No. Literally. Shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and that's like that. That is like my. I'm sure there's so much more to Sharia law, but that is like my brief. very brief, basic overview of it. <laughs> Dip a toe. They got rules. They got rules, bruh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to just go over. Actually, I would like to go over jihad and Allah yeah, real quick. For sure. So jihad, I want to talk about because I know in America, a lot of Christians just like you, you're just buttholes. You're just clenched up. Right. Because you heard yeah. the word jihad. And if you've lived through 9-11 and all the bullshit that the American government has done I since mean, the dawn of American time. Um We associate jihad with like 9-11 and shit. But that's not actually what it means. Mm-hmm. So jihad. It just means struggle, right? And there's two types of struggle. You got your spiritual struggle and you got your physical struggle. Okay. The main jihad that everybody goes through every single day is mm-hmm. your spiritual struggle. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, basically your struggle against pride and self-sufficiency, okay. right? Because pride is the sin. Yeah. So one example of um, jihad is it's a personal struggle just to be good. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. it's a struggle to choose the right, as yeah. the, what is it, the Mormons say? They yeah. do the right or whatever. It's a struggle to do that every day. It's real easy to sin. Okay, Mormons, sit down. Well, they do. But, I mean, and it's just a third chapter. Choose the right, but black people couldn't join the church until, like... 1985, I think. Yeah. Because we're wearing our sin. 
but Christianity has been bastard. I mean, they, people use Christianity to keep my people enslaved. So it's oh, all man. been bastardized. Um, and then the physical struggle for jihad is against your house of war. And those are the enemies of Islam. So okay. that's the one that I think Americans think of is like the physical jihad. But like, that's not at all what the Quran is talking about. You just got to yeah. you got to read them books. Let's talk about Allah. Okay. Allah simply is the Arabic word for God. That's all it means. Yeah. Um, but it actually translates to the God, meaning God is singular. Okay. okay. Right. Um, in Christianity, we talked about this in, do we, is it called the Christianity episode? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's like, what's the other word for Christianity? In the Christianity episode, we talked about how Christianity is kind of like a light monotheism because you got the, the yeah. Holy Trinity. Yeah. You yeah, got yeah, the yeah. Heavenly Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? Mm -hmm. Muslims don't do that, mm -hmm. right? It is very like devoutly monotheistic okay which is actually part of the reason that i love islam so much because they don't water it down they're like yeah. nope there's only one god you can't there's no squishiness here yeah. there's only one um, muslims do not believe that god can incarnate in a human body the same way that christians and hindus Jesus. can yeah. right and then also muslims also reject any image of god so if you okay. remember back in the day early 2000s i think there was a french newspaper that drew a picture of allah or whatever mm -hmm. and it went against muslims and then there was like an attack and everybody freaked out because you're like oh you can't draw a picture of god but like honestly okay i'm not gonna say i agree with them that what they do is wrong but i get it and i agree and i'll explain why so it says muslims reject any images of god as they believe it tempts you into idolatry okay aka known as shirk s-h-i-r-k yeah, yeah, yeah. which is any practice or belief that ignores the unity and uniqueness of god okay so this is one thing that i actually really love about islam they believe that man cannot capture the reality of the divine essence of allah fair we are but human beings you know what i'm saying we can't actually mm -hmm. fathom the literal awesomeness of god mm -hmm. whatever your god is you can't put an image on it because it doesn't have a gender it yeah it, it has a name allah or god or whatever it is mm -hmm. but it doesn't have a gender it i mean jesus had a face but he's not a god right he's um, a son of god son of god right mm -hmm. to me <laughs> this makes sense you shouldn't have an image of god because god is so awesome like if you wrap your mind around whatever you call universal consciousness whatever you call the mother nature uh, whatever kind of entities are being you can't there's no visual for it. Yeah. It is It is just something that the human brain cannot comprehend. Yeah. And also why I side with this, because Americans have dipped a toe into sexy Jesus, and I think that we should just, like, we should stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, that has to stop. You've seen those sexy pictures. Bruh, Jesus. bruh, go to the Bible Belt. They've got, like, tattooed sexy Jesus on a skateboard, like, to bring the kids in. You know what I'm saying? It's like Fifty Shades of Jesus. And I'm like, we can't be doing this. Like, I no. think the Muslims are right. This is weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> so I agree with that. Like, you shouldn't have an image of God because we cannot wrap our minds around yeah. what God actually is. And Fair. when you think of the, like, what does awesome mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's part of it. So just mm -hmm. to end it, according to, uh, Muhammad reportedly had 99 names okay. for God. So I just have a couple of them here. Okay. Let's go over the list. Cause this kind of brings into, I think going through this list kind of explains how you can't put an image on something when you listen to these words. Okay. So the 99 names, you have the all compassionate. That's one title. Okay. The all merciful. Okay. Forgiveness. Okay. Generosity. Okay. Powerful. Okay. Loving. Okay. Eternal. Yeah. Knowing. Uh huh. Wrathful and just. Wrathful. The sovereign Lord. Sovereign, sorry. Okay. The holy one. Okay. Peace. Okay. The keeper of faith. The guardian. Okay. The majestic. The compeller. Okay. The superb. Okay. You don't have an image for that. No. You just know that it's incredible. Yeah. And it's big. 
and our yeah. tiny little primate brains can't wrap our minds around does that. not come does not compute so how do you have an image for something that is so big it's god yeah it makes sense in my head it makes sense i'm yeah. not saying they're right but it makes sense in my head i'm just saying I love Islam, you guys. I'm just going to say that out loud. If I were to if I were to pick a religion that I would follow, it would either be Islam or Judaism. And I know that sounds weird, but it's like, why go with the second rate team when you could just pick the good ones? Like, why follow, Why would I go with the ones who just copycat the originals? You know what I'm saying? Uh. That's how my head works. I know that that's weird, but it's like you had the Hebrew Bible and then the Christians took that and they added a chapter. Then the Mormons took that and added a chapter. And I'm like, y'all just got three chapters to a book. Y'all could you could just go back to the Hebrew Bible. Just go to the first one. Just go to the first one. Be Jewish. That's all I'm saying. Why do you have to, why do you got to switch it up the words? Gotta give them the razzle dazzle. But I, I personally, I won't be converting because I'm a non-religious person, but I do very much love Islam. And I think the reason I like it so much is because of the discipline. Yeah. That's something that um, I like. Yeah. I like something that's got structure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, you know, I'm a hedonist, so I can't do it. I can't do give it. Give me cake. Oh, the cake for me. Give me weed. Give me weed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Sip and Tea. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Sip and Tea 303. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can do so at MVP Andy. And if you're feeling froggy, hmm. you can follow me at Black Girl Jeeping. <laughs> Ribbit. <laughs> Lastly, make sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. You can find our bi-weekly podcast on all major podcast platforms. Podcast. Podcast. Like and subscribe. Is that YouTube? Sure. Do that, though, for the uh -huh. podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh-huh. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions.